Headphones Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host once again, coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host. I'm well. I'm Joe Prano. I didn't even say that. With my co-host Tug Coker, <laughs> this show is gonna be. It's gonna be a fun one. This is a. I've done a hydrocodone episode with Chris Wild on uh, the Chris Wild podcast, but I am heavily sedated today. The the knee has taken a turn, and it shouldn't be turning at all. So, uh, major pain over the last 48 hours. It's time to get this thing cut up, Tug. So, uh, look, if I die at some point during this episode, just know it's full Heath Ledger style. I went down doing what I loved, getting massaged by my, my co-host, Tug Cooker. Absolutely. Hello, Joe. We, we also have two guys on the bench waiting, waiting to pick yeah. up the mic. Yeah. Should you go down? Should I go down? Yeah. We got Aaron and Nick here, ready to rock and roll. Twerks with Wolves is on the bed. Nick is over here running, running the ones and twos. Nikki D. So it's an exciting day. Here. I'm excited for the Hydrocodone podcast. Yeah, I. Uh, I wish I had known. Yeah, I would have popped one too. We I've got one. Like <laughs> <laughs> I've got a stack of them. <laughs> Everybody's worried that I'm taking too many. I'm for sure not taking too many. No, they're like, like they're like Pez. Yeah. I uh, I made a terrible decision today. I uh, decided to try to walk over from my apartment, and uh, I walked about a half a block down Speedway. You're talking about walking with crutches, right? With cr- with crutches. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So f- the first thing was getting down the stairs of my apartment out of the rusty gate, and then and then I was like, well, I'm not going to walk down to the boardwalk, which I usually do when I walk over here. I walk to the boardwalk, but I was like straightest line i can go so i started walking down speedway which if anybody's ever been to speedway it's the alley before the beach here in venice and it it's it's basically a a boulevard in kabul like they're fucking i don't think it's been paved ever i think it's just homeless people who have fallen asleep and and been run over by so many cars that they've turned into sort of a pavement um so i had one jagged like misstep and i was like fuck it i took a six dollar uber a block and a half, and then I I texted Nick to pick me up outside, and he didn't respond. And I called him. I think he, he must come out and be like, "Oh God!" Like I was like, "Take this!" Like I couldn't even couldn't even stand and wait for him. So uh, so I refilled I refilled my dosage when I got up here, and here we are. You it's like the classic episode uh, that that moment in the jerk. Uh, yeah. Uh, when he takes a cab like forty like whatever twelve feet yeah. or whatever. <laughs> That's what you did today. I've always wanted to do that. Take the take the Uber or the car, the cab drive like less than a block. Yeah, I think that's the, did it. I think that's the shortest I've ever <laughs> taken a the cab or an Uber. It was literally like I mean I think as a crow flies it's probably two hundred and fifty yards. And you yeah. were you were giving me a little update on what's going on with the knee. It sounds like there's gonna be some progress for you next week if you let sounds like uh, exam by my what what sounds like it will be my surgeon on Tuesday and then surgery potentially Wednesday. So I could be on the road to recovery as soon as Wednesday, late Wednesday, which will be nice. Then the, I think the 
as f- everything I can tell, it's uh, six weeks in like a full straight leg brace. Oh man, that's amazing. Yeah. So six weeks in a straight leg brace, and then you start doing some whatever, some rehab. And yeah. Then, okay, man. The, uh, wow. and, uh, like, I I've been on a couple of tibial plateau fracture message groups. <laughs> you know, I've been in I've been in Reddit forward slash tibial plateau fracture. And uh, it seems to be six weeks in a straight leg brace and then uh, physical therapy, possibly cane walking for a bit. That's, look, that's cool. And then um, and then the, the general consensus also seems to be 16 to 18 months before your orthopedic surgeon shakes your hand and says, goodbye, hope I never see you again. Yeah. So it's a long road. I called you the Alex Smith of podcasting. You know, it's going to be a battle for you, but we know you're going to come back. Maybe you're going to dunk. Yeah. That's the goal. Yeah, yeah. Can we get you to dunk? My goal, <laughs> I, I, I said, I was saying to Lachlan, who I did a show with last night, I said my goal is to be surfing on a, at least on a foamy by my birthday, which is July 5th. So we're about six months out. Well, I guess that'd be five months, right? Five months out of a birthday. Just get up on a foamy, stand, ride it in. Can we mark this time? Can we timestamp this as, as a challenge, the Joe Prano Challenge 2020? My, my, my 41st birthday starting my Tom Seaver year. Oh, my goodness. Who knew I was punting yeah. on 40? Yeah. 40. Everybody's like, oh, 40. 40 is a big year. <laughs> I did just for laughs. I smashed my knee, and that was it. Now we're, now we're looking forward to 41. I love the Tom Seaver call because he's, you know, he he's famous for that knee drag. Yeah. It's like you want Tom Seaver in the Tom Seaver year with the knee drag. Deep, deep knee bend by yeah. Tom Seaver. But uh, we got a lot of sports to talk. Actually, not that many sports to talk. No, just but, important. But some in-depth sports to talk. Uh, where do you want to start, Tug? Do you have? Do I mean, you, I, look. Do you want to do Australian Open right at the gate? I do. I'm, do I'm, I'm champing at the bit for the Open. It's anyone's. You know, it's still Joker's time to shine. But Nadal is so hot. Can Federer get one more? Can Federer fend them off from getting to his overall championship record? I have my doubts. I have my doubts. Who is of of the big three? Who is like who has won the Australian the most? J- Joker owns. Oh, the Australian owns the Australian owns it. Now the Australian's a hard court. It is. Why the why owning the Can't Australian? Say, it's sort of an in between speed. Like uh, I don't think it's like the fastest like the U.S. Open. I don't really know why, but he's un- he's been um, almost unbeatable on that court. I mean, all of them have won. I think Nadal's won once or twice there, maybe twice. Federer's won several times, but Djokovic has owned that court. Obviously, yeah. with the Australian, you know, so the turmoil of of Melbourne and things like that, I'm very interested to see the kind of coverage. It's because it's been so uh, ravaged with wildfires. So you'll probably see a lot of philanthropic endeavors from these guys. Great time to be down there. But I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I think it rained down there, but curious about the uh, – I mean, Michael Mitch have to tell us about what the uh, air quality is like down yeah. there. Um, uh, we we – Got in well. We, you have of been course. a tennis fan your whole life. Of course, we as a dirty yeah. sports and our live broadcast got into tennis last year. We did Wimbledon, we did the French, did the French for the morning. Start. Then we did Wimbledon, and uh, during that whole process, I mean, the whole thing is: Are you a Nadal guy? Are you a Federer guy? Like all these people in tennis that I uh, that that love tennis, I talk to, and I go, "Well, why? How come? You know?" And some people hate Federer, and some people hate Nadal. And uh, they both seem all right to me. But uh, it was during our, I think, Wimbledon that I decided I'm a Djokovic fan. And the reason is, in doing a little research, he actually has 
a winning record against both of them. He doesn't have some weird Nadal thing like the French, where he's like won more of his majors yes. in one place, and he's you know he's got that dialed in, and he's he's not that far behind them. Not, not even so, close, not at all. So you know, if he were to pass both of those guys and have a winning record against both of them, how do you argue? Can't can't argue. Plus, I, th- I think you like him because he you know when he was younger, he used to do a lot of impressions. Oh, really? Yep, did some great impressions. Has a great uh, coach O. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. No, but he, you know, he would he was known for like do, impersonating other players on the tour, and um, so you know, people just feel like he's a little bit odd, and that's another reason for you know, get, you know, people to endear themselves to him. But um, probably the odds-on favorite. Uh, the other story would be Serena, who's trying for the umpteenth time to get over the hump to be the most celebrated or tie the most celebrated um, major champion for all, of all tennis players, but including you know the, the women's side. So. We'll see. Which and she's chasing who? Um, Margaret Court, I want to say, who has twenty four. Old old Margie. Yeah, yeah. More, old Margie. Old Peggy Court. Another guy I liked <laughs> last year is uh, Sissy Pass from Greece, who made a deep run into the final four last year. He's a young guy, probably Nick and Aaron's age. You guys should you know get, get look away from your computers and l- listen to me when I'm talking about uh, Sissy Pass. <laughs> but. Uh, no, it's gonna be. It's always an exciting time. It's a different time of year. It's different this year, and this will help, help us transition to NFL because um, ML. This is a weird week for the NFL. The Aussie Open final used to be the week off between the the, the conference finals and the Super Bowl. This year, it lines up with the Super Bowl because the NFL schedule is weird this year. I feel like MLK weekend used to be the uh, division. Right. They moved it up a week though. Yeah. I think I guess the Super Bowl is now going with us just the first Sunday. In February, that's the new Super Bowl date. So well, we are not going to transition. Into oh, we're not. Yet. Yes, you know keep I'm, them going. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna te- we're gonna tease out that football <laughs> because uh, I mean, obviously, the Australian Open getting started, the top story. But the of second course. story, the second most important story, I think, in all of sports today, has to be the ongoing Houston Astros cheating saga. Incredible story. Now, there's a lot of. A lot of things have happened. There's a lot of things that are uh, being, you know, there's a burner account that's out there. Since you and I have talked on Tuesday. Yeah, since you and I have talked on Tuesday, Cora's gotten fired by the Red Sox. Beltran, I mean, kick me while I'm fucking literally down, (laughs) has gotten fired by the Mets. I wasn't even like uh, like a huge fan of like let's like i wasn't like we need beltran this is the guy i wasn't like this is the manager we need but like mets gonna mets they can't like does he go is he like does he have a managerial record now like if you look at never lost history is will it be terry collins callaway carlos beltran o and o and then like what the fuck yep and then also this fake or possibly real Beltran's niece burner account seems to be the one that is the first one that's like breaking stories that are coming true. Uh, she, she, or he, what? Who knows who's behind this? But they keep saying my Tio, my Tio, yeah. uh, in reference to Carlos Beltran, and then these stories. He's gonna leave the Mets. All this stuff's happening. This is the account. Or one of the accounts that has said now that there was buzzers involved in uh, the cheating that 
not only were they doing the garbage can banging, but that numerous players were wearing something on their body to alert them with some sort of pulse about what pitch was coming. This is ludicrous. First of all, I, I just want to have a relationship with my niece where I can tell her all my deepest, darkest yeah, secrets yeah, about, yeah. about everybody. I mean, that's crazy that he, Carl's about to try hey, come in here. I actually might do that. <laughs> I, I might call my brother and make him start a Twitter account for my four-year-old niece. And anytime I have breaking news, she, she, she'll have it a day early. I mean, so just, let's just start with that dynamic of that household. Where he's just having, he's having a few beers, and he's like, I'm going to tell everybody everything. Yeah. Um, also, she's like probably like a 15-year-old Latino girl, so like he wants her to stop, but she, you know, yeah. a 15-year-old Latino. No. Like right around Quinceanera time, they're just, they're, they're, they're unrainable. <laughs> I mean, the buzzer thing, people started, you know, what's great about this story is now people are starting to dig into the files, the, uh, yeah. the Reddit pictures, yeah. you know, the, the Altuve close-ups of like, Basically, Nick and I were, dice, you know, Zapruder filming it, where he says, like, I don't don't take my shirt off. I have a piece on. Yeah. And um, and then there was this excuse that his wife doesn't. He's shy. He's shy. Yeah. It, and his wife doesn't want him having his shirt off. Yep. Meanwhile, then there was a, a one of the one of the websites. I don't know if you saw this, did like a slideshow of shirtless Altuve That's picks. Right. That's right. That he's like been a bathing suit model. Yep. And he's like, whatever. It's like, it's so fucking wild. But also, if you have these buzzers, why are you? Why do you need the garbage can? It's crazy. I mean, it's. I, I agree with that. Uh, you know, Trey Wingo uh, posted out today um, the, the, his splits, uh, home and road splits. Yeah, and it was like four fifty at home, and like one fifty seven on the road. Yeah, I mean, th- and, you know, you can't and really that's say in the playoffs. Yeah, and, and you know, I've seen a lot of people like Astros fans say, "Oh, he hit better on the road." During the regular season, then he hit it home. And here's my problem with the whole um, – here's my problem with the entire sort of Astros and Astros fans and the defense of this is a lot of people are saying sign stealing has always been a part of the game. But, like, we have to agree at some point that if you are – if you're – it, you know, sign stealing is a part of the game. But – if you're cracking somebody's signs, that's one thing. But when you're using like devices and and like how deep this goes, it, I cannot believe, and I I almost hope it isn't that this is the end of the punishment. Like if more comes out, like I honestly think guys need to start getting banned. Like players and and coaches and anybody that's involved, whoever's putting this device on people. We need lifetime bans for certain people in this. This is the. This is. I mean, it's. Am I crazy or is this sort of flying under the radar? Besides baseball Twitter, it's a good question. I, I'm. I'm surprised that people are actually defending it as like you know sign stealing is. You know, this is this part of baseball. I mean, I guess maybe the, the you know you do like a deeper dive and say who who else was everyone using electronics? Then is like you know it's like it's like the Tour de France like we're. Maybe Lance Armstrong did deserve the 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 the, the, the whatever the, to win because, because everyone was, was on it. Yeah, yeah, everyone was doping. So let's just have it out. Let's just right. do a deep dive. Let's have Ken Rosenthal like get involved um, and but figure now out. Now other players uh, around the league, Trevor Bauer's taking shots. Yeah. Uh, people like, how do you think this plays out for the guys, Altuve's, Bregman's, people that are accused of this? 
um, who are not going to be suspended, I got to imagine these guys are going to get drilled and booed in every ballpark oh, they walk into. And didn't didn't they get immunity? That's why they're, they're, they're talking, right? The players are given right. immunity. So that, trans, that, that makes me wonder. I mean, Beltran got hosed, right? Yeah. Like, he, I mean, he's not being punished as a player. He's being punished as a potential manager. And, and, and what the fuck are the Mets doing? Their ownership until, you know, four weeks ago or whatever it was when they – and that deal still isn't done. The current owners of the Mets and the owners of the Mets for going back 20-something years were a part of the fucking Bernie Madoff Ponzi scheme. Now we're, like, saving face. Like, we can't be a part of this, you know, weird – like, like Bernie Madoff stole billions of dollars from people. And now the Mets are like, whoa, we got, we're this classy organization. Like, get the fuck out of here. I mean, more Mets news with uh, Jessica Mendoza. I mean, I mean, all time worst take. Let's right? look. look th- I know that this podcast in particular is very tough on her, and I do not watch enough Sunday Night Baseball to give an opinion on what her uh, skills are like for a TC minute on her. But for her to say she straddles, she, already, she already has a conflict of interest. Yeah, being a, a media personality and someone that works for a baseball organization. Yeah, and to bas- basically say on both ends that there shouldn't be um, whistle whistle blowing. It's crazy. It's, and, yeah. so, and I mean, ESPN's also, they, they put, you know, it's called a car wash. ESPN has yeah. like, when they go on every show, they call it the car wash. And they sort of sent her out to die, basically. Yeah. And she and she did. I, I don't well, know because, what you do. Because like, like, how dare Jessica Mendoza even like weigh in on the unwritten rules of baseball and like what should or should not go on a locker room. You know, like you've never been in a locker room. You're not like like I think the unwritten rules in softball is like you know uh, everybody shares their period. I don't know like some fucking nonsensical thing like you know the girl the girl who's with the heaviest flow gets to bat clean up or something like that. Like I, I like I just like it's embarrassing. The Mets have embarrassed themselves a million times over here. Um, having Jessica Mendoza, Tim Tebow is going to be manager. That's my prediction. Tim Tim Tebow manages the Mets. It's what he's always wanted. It's what he's been orchestrating since he won that big Pittsburgh game in overtime. Uh, but, like, if it comes out that, you know, players, like, how does this affect the Altuve, the Bregman? I'm an Astros guy. I've been an Astros supporter. I, I love it. Like, Same. go through my fucking Twitter history of, like, my Altuve tweets. Go through. I've called Altuve and uh, Correa the best middle infield ever. And, and prove me wrong. That's what I've said. There is, you know, it, it's crazy. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but it is wild because you look at Altuve and you're like, the question was always, how is he doing it? And it's just so sad if this is the answer. And and to Astros fans out there, man, I've been an Astros supporter. Like I've said, the Astros are my AL team. We went, we we planned a trip to Texas because I desperately wanted to go to the Astros. You're embarrassing yourselves. This is the fucking Patriots. On steroids, you're embarrassing yourself defending your team. Everybody, the everybody cheats thing is the worst thing I've ever. People have been stealing signs forever. They're rodent. Like it's horrific. This is the worst thing that's happened to baseball since the steroid scandal. And people are coming back and saying, you know, and and my buddy T.J. Quinn, who works for ESPN, who I, I like a lot, is basically basically saying like before you guys say what you know. This is worse than Pete Rose, and they say Pete Rose lied about his gambling. But like, these guys are lying 
But they should have come out, come come clean with yeah, the, the buzzer lying, thing. Lying the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, the idea of the the one year five mil thing we talked about last episode is was ridiculously light. I mean, you should give people an opportunity to come clean again. Yeah. And if they don't, and then these things get dug out, then you should be you should be banned. And, and I and I, at this point, I think you have to take the World Series away. I think you have to just you know you just say no winner that year, no no one won. And I know Dodgers fans, like we talked about last episode, they're all up in arms because they feel like they got cheated by two straight teams. But look, so, so did every team that those teams beat along the way. Um, it's yeah, this is horrible. And honestly, you know, I was talking to Andy before the show. This is piling on to some other issues with baseball. Baseball is too goddamn expensive. The stupid fucking nets that that are up. Like honestly, like I know people go, "Oh, you're such a pussy." The Nets, I I hate the Nets. I hate them. They have made me not want to go to as many baseball. And now you add this, and the way Major League Baseball is handling it, it's, it's gonna be hard to watch baseball this year. It's gonna be really hard. I think we should all get buzzers and go in the fans, and we should all know the pitch count too. And then we'll be like the Tony Romo of baseball, so we'll be able to predict what's gonna happen, and then we we'll get to judge you fairly. And honestly, here's the thing. If, you know, the the way balls get struck hard into foul territory is guys are ahead of, uh, they, they think fastball's coming, yep. and they get out in front, and they pull an off-speed pitch, and they pull it into the stands. So I say, um, have the nets uh, mechanical, have the guy who runs the net have a buzzer, and if it's an off-speed <laughs> pitch, the nets go up, <laughs> and if it's a fastball, the nets stay down. That way, you know... I don't have to watch it except for the pitches that somebody would potentially hit it over there. I love this. I demand this. <laughs> Starting a petition right now. Um, just to circle back to Jessica Mendoza because uh, um, just because uh, I like the social, I like the, the press part of the business. Do you think that the Mets will have to do something or the, or, or baseball and say, hey, you got to choose, you got to choose one or the other? The Mets are a debacle. So I think that the Mets uh, are going to make whatever's the worst decision here. I I don't know if you know this. Uh, the Brody, their fucking GM, either he was AJ Hinch's best man or AJ Hinch was his best man. They play baseball at Stanford together. Interesting. I think we are a. I think Jessica Mendoza is going to manage the Mets for a year as a placeholder until fucking AJ Hinch is a manager in 2021. I think the Mets are going to make all the worst decisions, and that's another reason why it's really going to be hard. The, the way my team that isn't even involved in this scandal is suddenly involved in this scandal by firing a manager who was not going to get punished and having Jessica Mendoza as a part of their organization is miserable. So I'm already pissed at the Mets. Baseball is trying to ruin itself on, on, on multiple from multiple angles. I took the better part of 10 years off from baseball because of steroids because I, and I've talked about it on the show before. Everybody knew. And the idea that everybody knew and they all let it happen and then had this big freak out, it disgusted me. I did not watch baseball for a decade. And I'm, the f I'm a huge baseball fan. And I would say I got back into it in 2013, you know. Um, so they're going to lose me again. And honestly, baseball has to figure out a way not to lose people who have spent their life I spent tens of thousands of hours watching Major League Baseball. So 
the idea that they're making decisions right now that are going to push me away from the game again. Fix it. Like, it, it's bad. It's crazy. I mean, I, like I said last podcast, I think this, this will be an unbelievable movie. The movie gets better by the day. It's going to be an absolute bidding war, especially with you as Justin Verlander. I've decided finally that I'm just going to be one of the montage pitchers that gets destroyed. <laughs> That'd be great. It'd be great if you're one of the guys who like calls the catcher out to the yeah, mound, yeah, like yeah. the big. You're the guy who like they have the video of going like, yeah, time on. in here. We talk. These, mother, uh, yeah. these <laughs> motherfuckers are fucking banging a fucking drum in there. Yeah, check check their check underneath their fucking shirt. There's something going on, dude. Yeah, I I, God, I mean, the idea that. Every time I think about the story, like we've already talked it through, but like, you come, like they have buzzers on. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I can't see what what's what, what's next. I mean, how are you if you're a Bregman or an Altuve? How are you in the clubhouse before the game, like getting some shit taped on? Like, how does that not like kill you? Well, the other discussion that the and it begs the question then: do do those, do those guys think that they couldn't be in the bigs without it? Because I think that was the difference for a lot of guys and steroids guys took steroids and they were like this is my only way of having a career and then of course we saw and i've talked about this with bonds before the 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 timeline of barry bonds is very obvious it's very like if you look at his numbers if you look at his size it's very obvious he saw sosa mcguire doing it mcguire as far as anybody can tell is on it from day one because he's in the fucking bay with Kinseiko. That those guys, those guys are Bash Brothers. They're steroids in the '80s. But when Sammy Sosa, a guy who, if you look at his career prior to the steroids, is kind of a borderline big big leaguer, Barry Bonds sees it and goes, "Fuck this! I'm not letting these asshole. I'll hit a hundred homers yeah. if I do it." And he would have if it, he got walked 250 times. But we we both admit Bonds was great before. Yes, I mean Bonds exactly. was legitimately great. And I think the majority of the people in the game are going like, "I'm doing this because I need a career." And when you look at you know, look, man, I, I was a fan of those guys being able to do it at their size. It's it's so crazy when you look around the infield at Altuve and at Bregman, and you're like, these guys aren't six feet tall. They're winning AL MVPs. It throws all that shit like. I, I, I don't want to fucking hear about those guys ever again if the buzzer story comes out. Like, I want those guys banned from baseball. Did you see all – I mean, speaking of, like, these, like, burner accounts, niece accounts, someone's, like, related to a baseball player throughout that uh, Mike Trout is on HGH. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's so, like, it, Scott Brocious's, like, <laughs> son or yeah. something like that. I don't know who it was, but, it, like, there, someone showed this clip of uh, of the Mean Girls – yeah. A video where they're attributing like the players to the different, you know, the fight, yeah. whatever. It's literally what's happening. Uh, every bad thing that's been rumored about is coming out now. And um, some people are mad in the media because like people are running with like we all, we all are guessing that they wear buzzers. We don't know, but we're not journalists, right? People are actually running with this. Yeah. It's well, like, you know, I, and, so it, and I saw I saw a tweet from that you know that guy John Boy who does the great. The great oh, yeah. fucking recaps, yeah. and he said, I think he quote tweeted the the Carlos Beltran's niece's right. burner or whatever, and he said, uh, you know, this account that's been right on a lot of things now claiming that these guys are wearing buzzers, something I've heard from five sources. Yes, I remember this. Yeah, so the word is out there, and so far, when when this story started, it was so preposterous, 
And everything, every preposterous new detail so far has been proven to have yeah. happened. Yeah. You're like banging on it. Like, how does that even work? How would you bang on Like, what? And then they're like, yeah, here's audio of them banging on a fucking garbage can. Here's a video of the setup as one of those guys comes down the club. You're like, Jesus Christ. But I love like like the like the dramatic story where they're like two guys are <laughs> they're like how do we steal signs? How about this? We bang on a trash can and then Otuba is like, you guys are such dorks. Yeah, we just well we have buzzers. Like it's like the, the, the teams like separate between like the trash can bangers and the guys went next level and got a buzzer. Yeah, and they're like they like hate each other. <laughs> it's like a war between the sign stealers. But I, which brings me to another point, which is who knew and who doesn't know? Right. Like you know. The the it's fires right. That's a guy yeah. who's known as whistleblower, and I agree. Like I think he did the right thing, but you do have to hold him somewhat accountable for not doing. He did wait to win his ring sure. before it does happen. Sure. So I, that's part of the movie that I'm interested to see is like who knows when is it weigh on you? Who doesn't know? Why is he when he's hi- when Altuve's hiding the buzzer? Do some people not know about this? What's Very our greatest? Curious. What's our greatest casting idea for for this movie? Like who could you see as a who do you want to see in one of these? Jonah Hill as Otuve. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, I don't Bre- Bregman is like, anyone could be Bregman. Like yeah. G- Gyllenhaal could be Bregman. Yeah. Someone just sort of fits like that size and, and aesthetic. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's it's uh, Who could be Hinch? I'd like to see Michael Shannon get in there. <laughs> Mike, yeah, Michael <laughs> Shannon as Hinch. That's yeah. great. Um. But uh, I don't know. This 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 movie will be unbelievable. It's like it reminds me of like all the president's men for 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 baseball. Because uh, what's what's the kid from uh, from the uh, the handjob movie? Timothy Chalamet. Oh yeah, whatever. yeah. I, I want to see him as Springer with the fake with the fucking faux hawk. Oh yeah, just such a pretty boy. Oh yeah, let's get that. Let's that, that get that kid. That'd be great. There. I mean, let, let's 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 do let's start casting this guys. Uh, we need to get the rights first, but um, anyway, great story. All, all I know is I definitely want it directed by Todd Phillips and Jessica Mendoza to get hammered in the story, so that the Oscar is so male or whatever, just like that, just loses its mind. This is a Jessica Mendoza takedown piece. Do you, it's, I know it's, so, it's similar to what they did with uh, Clint Eastwood's. Uh, you know, they 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 made him feel bad because they said they used that woman in an improper way. Yeah. So you're oh. you're now you're a a life. You're a lifer working actor. You're yeah. a, I'm on the couch with a working three, actor. Three three decades makes, now, guys. Yeah, you you make you put you put food on your kids' plates yep. as an actor. They didn't eat much last year. Um how do you feel about Oscars so male, Oscars so white? Did you see the Joker? Did you see I did the, see the sorry, Joker. Joker. I, I did see Joker. Yeah. And um I thought it was I, I love Joaquin Phoenix. I think he's an awesome actor. Yeah. And so I went went to watch his performance and I thought it was great. Um the Oscar was a white thing. Like I, you know, I think I don't know. It's hard for me to say because I haven't seen all a lot of the movies yet. But I believe there should be more diversity. But the rea- reality is, it's just like it's the the but the, the the people at the top are just dominated by white people. So yeah. and it's and it's uh it's a you know publicity or what is it? What's it called popularity contest? Right. So I don't know. When I see all the movies, I'll weigh in for sure. But um, I saw I saw that you know the. They're, they now do. They've opened up the best picture. So there's like ten of them or something like that. Yeah. But the best director still f- only five. So a lot of the things was like, how does she not Greta Gerwig not get in? Yeah, it's like, well, they just instead of the ten, they took the five. It's really hard. Also, you know, you've got. I think it's uh, Tarantino, Scorsese, yeah, Todd Phillips, 
Like it's a pretty fucking. It's very very el- tough. The best actor is like Tom years. Hanks. Yeah. Leo. You know, it's very it's very. Oh, t- uh, another year. I should point out this is like the what is eighty seventh consecutive year. Zero women in the best actor category or best supporting actor. So has to change. Has to, has to change. Um, I remember when I when I the one year when I did a Broadway show years ago. I remember the Tony. I was not. A, I would never been a Tony nominee. But the 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 the, the Tony nominees that, that year were. Hey, it's not. It's not over. I never say never. Yeah. Yet. Uh, but uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, James Corden. Um, I believe Adam Driver was in that with that year, but it was like uh, and this, it was like my point is it was just a loaded. Loaded year. Yeah, every year's loaded. I mean, the Oscars like these. These are what these are what Tom Hanks does for a living. It's like give me an Oscar, you know, caliber performance, an opportunity. So, have you seen a Tom Hanks Mr. Rogers movie? I haven't seen it yet, but I haven't. We'll have to we'll have to check that out as well. We got a lot. We that's, got a lot. That's our do. that's our movie review. I'm I'm I haven't seen anything. Listen, <laughs> Here's what you need to know. We've seen nothing. Yeah, I'm bedridden, <laughs> so I'm gonna watch all these movies. I have some screeners. I'm happy to send them over to you. I love it. I'm excited about Uncut Gems. Everyone's talking about it. Got, I it, was it did. Fantastic. It did get snubbed. Yeah. No, you know. Uh, I no, feel bad for the Sandman. No, not not no nomination for the Sandman. I'm a I'm a I'm a Sandman stan. No doubt about that. I love when he goes off like you know his Sandman path and does things like punch drunk. Spanglish uh, Spang- was one of my favorite. I thought Spanglish was really good. Yeah. So I'm excited about Uncut Gems. Though it's definitely it's, it's really good. It's very intense. Yeah. Um. But I, I really liked it. KG, surprisingly good. There's a bunch of people in it. Um, yeah. Francesa, Mike Francesa is in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's like a lot of sports people. It's pretty cool. So, uh, I mean, is it is it about that time? Let me see what else I have oh. on, the, on the rundown. I thought, I'm trying to. Oh, okay, I, have one, I have actually one off the grid thing I wanted to ask you about. Okay. Did you see the Knicks gave the guy who made a half court shot scratchers? <laughs> and the, the athletic, you know, they chased him down and said that he had to scratch off everyone. Yeah, and he made five hundred dollars. And what they what they give him ten thousand in scratchers? I thought it was a thousand or a thousand, thousand, thousand in scratchers. Yeah, yeah, thousand. A thousand in scratchers. Yeah, they gave him like two hundred. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think it was ten thousand. I think they gave him. Uh, okay. Yeah. I think they gave him two hundred five dollars scratchers. That'd be a thousand. Would it be. Yeah, you're yep. right. Sorry. Yep. yep. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. You're on a hydrocodone. Two hundred five dollars. Like now, this guy's got to scratch off two hundred <laughs> fucking. Scratches. It's not worth it. We. I like to see him give it back. And you know, uh, the, literally the day before, uh, the Lakers gave somebody like, uh, like, a hundred grand for making the same shot. Cash, straight cash. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's so great, dude. My my football, baseball, bat, like my New York sports thing. It's. I mean, again, unfortunately, I asked the doctor, and he said this is not enough to kill me. I if it, if it was, I take it all. Do you have any refills? Let's see. I don't think so. No. Hashtag no. get Prano refill. No refills. Get yeah. Prano refilled. Yeah. I'm sure they'll <laughs> refill me when I have post surgery. I'm definitely gonna need yeah. some post surgery. Nick, you got something for us over there? Yeah, it's about this. Oh yeah. Sorry. So, You're on. So he, he it was one thousand in lottery tickets. He ended up winning five seventy, and then he had this this quote saying, "What the f, man? Some dude just won one hundred grand doing the same shit in L.A., and I get these bum ass lottery tickets." <laughs> Still a blessing though. Still a blessing though. Yeah. 
Guys, uh, before we get into some football, uh, I meant to say this at the top of the show, but we've got Nick over here. We've got Twerks on the bed uh, rocking the YouTube chat. We haven't done calls in a while. Andy's been out of town. Andy monitors all of our calls. I don't fucks with the Skype. Um, <laughs> if you have any uh, questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, anything, uh, jump in the YouTube comments right now and uh, put them in there. Twerks is going to get us a select couple of questions comments queries uh for the end of the show we'll do that in place of calls uh before we get into actually talking about the games uh that come up we do have some interesting nfl stories uh another early retirement luke keekley um you know all world linebacker for the carolina panthers gone at 28 not dead just retired <laughs> he looked like he was sort of being held at gunpoint to retire yeah. did not look like it wasn't a joyous celebration no. it was just a, more awkward it, it, just, it kept seeming you know what it reminded me of it reminded me of uh leo and wolf of wall street where he gives a speech that he's leaving and then he's like i'm not going i'm not going <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it just looked like uh, i i don't know what his he said like he could still do it but he just didn't he still wanted to just didn't think he could yeah and he's and he has been dealing with some concussions yeah so that becomes a big and you component. gotta imagine if if a guy's got however many concussions they say in the NFL. First of all, add, you know, eight yeah. percent, right? Oh yeah. Uh, then you've got college, then you've got high school. People get concussed doing things other than playing football. Like you know, there's a random. Con- I I got I got thrown off a treadmill one time. And got a concussion <laughs> that way. <laughs> like, uh, you know, I I've been I've got a c- couple of concussions, not football related concussions. Like, it's bad. And uh, and obviously now with more and more information out there about the effect, the long term effects of these, there's got to be a number that that doctors, team physicians, whatever, say like, hey, we've looked at it after this point. It gets real bad. Um, That's a lot of money on the table, too. Yeah. I mean, it's like this isn't you know, he's not playing for free, you know, multiple digit millions of dollars. My question to you is, is Luke Keekley a Hall of Famer? Unfortunately. No, I don't think he is. Um, I think that, you know, had he played at the level he played more consistently, like without the injuries throughout his career, and then, you know, okay, he has he has a concussion, and he's like, look, I got to leave concussions. But, you know, unfortunately, the the cause of his retirement, I also think is the cause. I hate to say it, it's like I know – that you know you kind of got to judge somebody by what they did on the field i always say you know the best abilities availability you also got to be out there to no you know fault of his own obviously but um but yeah it's just like you you know i think i think to be a hall of fame linebacker you gotta you gotta have some solid years of service and say look i was the best at my position for yeah. I don't know I don't know what the five consecutive years was defensive player of the year I believe 2013 yeah. um, I'm I'm curious to know if this becomes a trend we've seen this now with Andrew Luck Gronkowski Keekley Calvin Johnson do we start looking or does the NFL Hall of Fame committee start looking at these careers a little differently because yeah. it's like what what do you do in sort of like that Small window of time, like how meteoric is your is yeah. your career? Um, and is Andrew and, Luck a Hall of Famer in your eyes? I don't think so. See, I, and that's interesting to me. When you are on the cusp of being immortalized for your what your your endeavor, 
and to hang it up. That to me is like the real yeah. debate. Like yeah. these guys are like on the verge of like being immortalized, but they but they hang it up more than sort of the money to me. And, and, and to me, I think if you if, even if that even if that run of of greatness of dominance is short, but it's without a doubt. Like JJ Watts got what three defensive players of the year? Is that I don't I know if that's, that's right. correct, but like. That now we're talking like okay, if JJ Watt retires tomorrow, you're the best player in football. You play you play seven years or whatever, eight years. Three of those years, you're the most dominant player in football at, on the defensive side of the ball. Okay, but Keekly, like you've got one defensive player of the year. Again, I'm not saying like he, it's not because he wasn't good enough. He obviously was, and that defense you can see in what the Panthers have done in the la- over his career. They are. Like forget Cam, forget the coaching staff, forget Christian McCaffrey. Panthers are good when he's playing. They're pretty mediocre when he's not. That's right. Um, and no doubt about it, he was on the path to a Hall of Fame career. You know, I think if he plays Brian Urlacher's amount of years, that's a you know, which wasn't that much more, right? Right. It's crazy. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, no, I don't think he is. And luck, the same thing. I mean, I think especially with a quarterback, you know, you have to look at the totals, right? That's that's how obviously how you're going to be compared with the greats. But if you remove the totals from the from the list because this guy retires early, he didn't play in a Super Bowl, he didn't win a Super Bowl, he didn't win an MVP, you know. Um, he certainly was compiling all the stats that he needed if he played, you know, if if Andrew Luck retires early without any of the team accolades or championships or whatever and he's at top 15 in everything, he's like I was so good that I left early but I still passed, you know, the Carson Palmers and the Kerry Collins and the Vinny Testaverdes, these guys who played for 25 years. Um then yeah, he's in but it's tough, you know. And uh, Gronk is in. Gronk, I think, is a Hall of Famer. Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson. It's a tough one. I would say borderline. Look, I'm a kind of guy who goes like, I'll f- I'd vote for Calvin Johnson. No, I agree, but I mean, I'm not yeah. sure he gets in. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, there's only one way to find out. They'll yeah. either get him in or not. But it's curious. I mean, Gronk, I think, is in. Yeah. Calvin Johnson, I think, probably will get in. Yeah. But To. Took him two times to get in, I think. So that's a whole. That's like, yeah. Take that out of the conversation because that was just dick bag fucking reporters. Like yeah. that. That's the kind of shit that makes me want to punch a reporter in the face. Well, you know, we are circling around to that time. But you know, when baseball lets their their uh, you know Hall of Famers, yeah. you know, in. And I know there's a lot of discussion this year. I think there's only two guys that are sort of in the mix right now. I forget who they are. But we should. Uh, oh, but we should. Uh, there's a Twitter post from um, from from Bo Blaha saying, "Can we uh, take a second to congratulate Larry Walker on getting his number retired?" I don't think so. I don't think we can. <laughs> um, so, um, but I'm interested to see who gets in. in Just retired at home. <laughs> exactly. Know, never. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe in Canada. Um, but the baseball guys, I'm sure it'll be interesting to see who gets in that. Yeah, Football. I mean, obviously there the. The big thing is, will Jeter be unanimous? Yeah, I, I, I certainly hope not. As a Jeter, you know, truther. Yes. Um, yes. But but also, and and this is this is why I want everybody to know, you know, it's important for me to make the distinction. This isn't me being a Yankees hater. This is me being a Derek Jeter truther. I think 
if Mariano Rivera not a hundred percent, then fucking Derek Jeter can't be. Did was Rivera unanimous? I think he might have been the first one. He might have been, but uh, but Derek Jeter, like you know, like Mariano Rivera deserved it. He was the best at his position ever. There's one guy on my my Twitter timeline that is being debated who say there's not high, uh, high enough. Curious on your thoughts on Andrew Jones. I mean, th- again, it's fantastic defender, no about no doubt about that. But and 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 started at a very young age. So being a big leaguer at 19, yes, you're a great defender. Uh, I need I need you to have I don't need you to have the 40 home run season or the 50 home run season or the MVP season, but if you're gonna start at 19 and your glove is going to be what you know makes you who the player you are, I also need you to Omar Vizquela. I need you to get 3,000 hits. Yeah, I, hear I that. need you to get 2,700 hits, um, and say, look, it was my glove that kept me around, but also I was a serviceable offensive player. I just don't think Andrew Jones. Has enough. I see Kurt Schilling's name cusping around the border. Will he make it? Seems like he, he, he'll get the T.O. treatment. Yeah. He's disliked. He is disliked. Yes, that is true. Yeah. Um, before we get to the actual games, Tug, we, we, we still have a couple more uh, NFL player stories. We oh, have, what's that? We have Odell Beckham. Oh, yeah. The, the go home, Odell. You're drunk. Literally. Smackgate. He, this is this is the Astros story in one night. It starts with Odell's handing out money on the field after the game. He's just giving people hundred dollar handshakes. Then we have the video of him in the locker room, uh, smacking, slapping a police officer on the ass. Who I guess the police officer, being a total asshole, was like harassing somebody about a cigar. Yeah, she's like already that. being sort of hostile towards people who just want a title. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you thought they were rolling blunts or what, you know, but uh, no science says no smoking. Yeah, yeah. Um, so no doubt about it. I think that cop deserved a smack on the ass. But uh, but also Odell, this this when when you piece together the timeline and the videos that are out there, he tried to he took a megaphone and was yelling at the band. Was that after the first two incidents happened? I think that was. Before I think it was during the game okay. or, t- or toward the yeah, end of the I game. I saw the pictures of him trying to grab yeah. a megaphone. Grabbing a megaphone, walks into the band, past the cheerleaders, in, like straight up into the band section, then gets escorted out and down and around through. He's just clearly wasted. Um, but now there's multiple uh, things that are like coming from this incident. The two major ones are one... Uh, there's now NCAA violation talk because he was handing guys straight up cash. Um, Joe Burrow has said it was real money, and I don't give a fuck. I'm not an LSU Tiger anymore. Like, <laughs> peace out. Like, the Bengals are also going to hand me a bunch of cash. Um, and the New Orleans Police Department pressing charges on him and, you know, asking for him to turn himself in. Yeah. I, think- I am an Odell defender in. Uh, I've always been an Odell defender in terms of I think people make too much out of his, you know, distraction to the team and diva. I'm like every fucking, you know, player is a, every like 
the the uh, the number of wide receivers that aren't divas or whatever. And uh, again, my defense of him always from the guys I know inside the New York Giants locker room have said, loved by his teammates, respected by his teammates, a leader, looked up to. Because um, every high five he gives has a hundred dollars in it. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> good way to <laughs> get you your know? teammates' like, good exactly. side. Yeah, but um, you know, also my my thing with Odell was a lot of people like to when, whenever there's a diva wide receiver con- conversation always comes back to To you know uh, uh, Ocho Cinco Randy Moss to some degree the way that these guys handled themselves on the sideline and and to me the thing about Odell was immature total fucking idiot but you never saw him screaming at his quarterback you know he was never doing the the stefan diggs thing where it seemed to be i I demand the ball um there was one clip of him this year getting into a freddie kitchens but both of them have sort of gone on the record saying it wasn't an argument that they were having with each other it was a they were both fired up about the refs or something like that but uh, this is, in my opinion, and I know a lot of people have tried to skewer Odell Beckham over the years for, you know, the kicking net and crying and the Josh Norman thing. Um, but this, in my opinion, is his worst look by far. Um, he was also yelling while Coach O was giving his post-championship speech. He's just obviously hammered, right? I mean, yeah. he's a 25-year-old kid who's just hammered. Yeah. And doesn't know, like, you see this, you know, I'm surprised this doesn't happen more often because you see a lot of alumni go home on their bye weeks and, like, you know, they, they're they celebrating having fun. I mean, yeah. I guess because you're in, you're in New Orleans. You're in New Orleans. You know, you're it's like. It's a championship game. Yeah. You probably know thousands of people there. Everyone's chanting your you're name. You're from there. From the area. Yeah. Like, hard, you know, hard not to, like, I, I agree with you. I think it's not a great look, but I also, as a person who has been um, intoxicated publicly before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I I understand it. Yeah, and I just wish you oh, know. I mean, when we went to, we went when we went to Texas, yeah. uh, I got so drunk. Nick woke up the next morning. I had a I had a handgun in his face. I'm like, you will you will delete this footage, or I will put a fucking I'll put two holes in your head. And, Is that a Tarantino like opener? Yeah, it feels yeah. like that. Um, I was like, let me see your camera, yeah. <laughs> and I'm gonna need to delete that right now. Yeah, and we, that's why we, we don't have the Texas recap video yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we never went to Whataburger. But I, I mean, having said that, as a person who you know has walked through Bourbon Street before, I've still been trained enough to know I don't go near a police officer. Yeah, like I don't go near. I don't smack anyone. You know, I'm not smacking any police officer anywhere. The yelling, understandable. The hundred dollars is probably not, it's. I would probably not recommend doing that. Yeah. But the touching of the police officer is the one that I think like you just should be conditioned. I think. Your life I think we. Uh, I think everybody can agree. Odell Beckham drunk. He's handing. No one's taking. You know what I mean? Like, what are these guys supposed to do? Like, hey man, empty about like. Right. So. I think that like anybody who's making a big deal out of that from the NCAA portion, like we're not. I don't think any punishment for LSU yeah. is in order here. Let's Joe Barrow. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Joe Barrow. <laughs> Joe Barrow. No, yeah, Joe Barrow. Nice. That's, that's Nick's. Uh, it's his contribution for today. I'm turn yeah, turn, turn the mic ahead. off now. Yeah, yeah, and this is Andy turning the mics down between conversations. It's always a smart move. Um, what about what about Odell getting? Like, do you think this? He should. I mean, fuck, fuck it. Press charges. Teach him a lesson. Absolutely. To the fullest extent of the law. Where, like, uh, in terms of the Browns and Odell, is it, like, does this 
do you, does this have any long term uh in your opinion does this does this change your long term opinion of Odell Beckham do you think this is bad for him his team the Browns not like at that? all I think it's nothing to do with the Browns there's another player that I think we're gonna talk about in a second that is a worse look for himself yeah. but yeah I mean nothing else you just put him in house arrest in Cleveland he'll probably learn his lesson yeah you know that's the best way to do it I am still desperate to find it because I remember it happening so clearly. And there's there's one episode title that everybody, when they go in search of this, goes to goes to this episode. But I'm telling you, it is not in this episode. But at one point in the Odell Beckham is a diva conversation, I am certain that Andy Ruther said to me, why can't he just be more like Antonio Brown? Antonio Brown, not a diva. That is how we'll transition into this next Wow. Story. Antonio Brown, uh, no sign of returning to the NFL. Uh, the One of the all-time greatest scumbags in the history of professional sports, uh, Drew Rosenhaus, <laughs> is severing ties with Antonio Brown. Is that right? In, unless Antonio Brown agrees to uh, go to therapy. Um I think there was some sort of timeline put on this. He said he has until this point to get seek help or I'm out. When Drew Rosenhaus taps out on you when you're a premier athlete, you have gone down a terrible path. I mean, I, look, I'm pretty sure uh, Drew Rosenhaus still represents Todd Marinovich. I think he takes 15% cut from heroin-induced paintings that the guy does <laughs> – Man. In his in his garage, you know, you gotta give him a chance. He, he such a, I'm, I have a sucker for all left-handed quarterbacks, so I probably represent Todd Marinovich too. But the 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 thing that I th- I'm pretty sure Drew Rosenhaus still reps OJ. I'm just saying, <laughs> Drew, you get for for yeah, Drew Rosenhaus if, if he finds a way to, to, to cut some, get some money, yeah. I'm pretty sure Drew Rosenhaus is taking 10 percent off of this Aaron Hernandez Netflix documentary, which I've <laughs> pleaded you, Andy to just sort of do a recap, like the Game of Thrones, yeah. The Dirty Sports was born to do a sort of a recap sh- show. Absolutely, um, I'm excited. Have you about, watch that? I'm not yet, but I'm no. excited about it. Um, just to hear what Andy has to say about it, really. But but you know, someone alerted me about the uh, uh, Antonio Brown like Instagram uh, live video via Twitter, and people go over there, and it's like it's like watching a train wreck. You know, I have I, not seen that video yet. I've so, seen it. No, so I watched it. Me, I know there's a bag of dicks involved. Now, Nick might have to come back on to tell us more about the bag of dicks. Uh, I wasn't I, lucky enough I, to see I the bag. This, I know. But I'm going to turn him up again. All right, Nick, tell us about the bag of dicks before I paint the rest of the picture. Uh, I, I think this might be like an endorsement or something because now I see Antonio Brown like tagging this bag of dicks company. Um, but apparently, you're just supposed to throw a bag of dicks at, I don't know, any he says white woman that's annoying. I don't know. Who can understand this guy anyway? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you used to root for him. And he went to my school too, so this was a wow. this is a very. Do you own an Antonio Brown jersey? I am. My dad had a signed Antonio Steelers Bumblebee jersey. Wow. Yeah, I know. And Are you going to light it on fire? Well, can we get a video of that being? Yeah, he, he has. Could since- you cut it into small dicks? <laughs> <laughs> that would be the greatest. If you cut it, if you like did what we did with the smut couch and you just cut it into small dicks and put it in it that'd be great turn that, his jersey a into idea. a bag of dicks that's a good idea yeah it's since been taken it'll out go of viral frame. yeah 
since been taken out of the frame? Yeah, yeah. And I, it's what some, is replaced it's somewhere it in, the frame? in storage. I, I have no idea. It might be some uh, Jimi Hendrix memorabilia <laughs> thing. Um, but but yeah, I mean, like, like Antonio Brown at this point just feels like an ex-girlfriend, you know? Yeah. For me. I mean, he's even blocked me on Twitter, too. So it's he even, blocked you on Twitter? Oh, yeah. You uh, said... You, Wow. A, a while ago. Yeah. Wow. Just because, remember his whole uh, keep your emotions off the internet comment right. a while ago? I just kind of flipped the, the script on him, called him uh, just like, like, dude, you're... Are you blocked? You are, you, are you also blocked by Ben Roethlisberger? I'm not, but my sister is. Every, I, I'm, I'm blocked by Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. I've never tweeted at Ben Roethlisberger one time. Also, ever. why is his handle BigBen7.com? Yeah. Like, 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 why is his website his, your Twitter handle? You know, I actually think that's next level. I think that's really smart. Are you blocked by Ben Roethlisberger on I'm, Twitter? I'm not. I've not had the pleasure. Yeah. yeah. Um, are you sure? Well, my tweets are so innocuous. That he's probably like, I'll let this guy slide. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but I, I did watch this Instagram's live video of Antonio Brown, and like, look, again, he's yelling at police officers. He's yelling at this woman. That it sounds to be uh, his baby mama. But where, where I have a real issue, there's kids running around. There's, his kids are running around, uh, and and one of them's being put in the car. Yeah. And like as a as a dad who has a three year old and a one year old, like, man, I just I just have a tough time. I want him to love his kids, but like it's it's just such such a bad example. I just get really I get very. It's one of the things that angers me. It really does anger me when I see that kind of behavior around kids that are just. The kids have no clue what they're doing. Like, they just want to be loved, basically. And to see that, I was like, man, I have a tough time uh, watching this video. Does uh, Antonio Brown play another snap in the NFL? No. Never? No, he's done. I, I want to say you're right, but I'm like, ah, oh, man, somebody. Like, I could see, I could see your Cowboys. 100%. I, I guarantee you he's playing next year. <laughs> Mike McCarthy is going to bring him on for sure. All right. No, I well, actually, I actually do think if he didn't bring the entourage to New Orleans, yeah, uh, you know, against the request of Sean Payton, I think the Saints is are not is was would not be a bad fit. Yeah. Um, I feel like Sean Payton. They're just going back to our conversation a couple episodes ago. Where they're, they're just desperate to like maximize Drew Brees' career. I feel like that could have been an option. He really he blew that one. Yeah. It's time. Uh, it's it's that time everybody's been waiting for. We're going to dive into uh, Championship Sunday, the two games we have. Before we do that, though, we've got to talk about our good friends at GTP Picks. We've been working with GTP Picks for a while here, uh, the Dirty Sports, and I love GTP Picks. They were partially responsible for me uh, making my strong late last three weeks of the season comeback against Andy Ruther Incredible throughout run. the year. I went to them uh, when I needed just a sure thing lock, and they always came through. If you follow them on Twitter, which you should, uh, they, they'll they give you a free play every once in a while. They will uh, give you – I mean, they're they're these guys are winning at a rate that, honestly, I've never seen before. Um, listen, Dirtballs, if you're still paying your bookie out every week – you need to get help from our friends at GTP Picks. What is GTP Picks? GTP Picks is a data-driven sports betting service that offers winning sports betting advice at an affordable price. Follow their advice and win. It is that simple. And I can assure you it is that simple because I have followed their advice and I have won. And the, and the best part about GTP Picks, in my opinion, is I have limited my sports betting over the years to things that I know about 
And look, am I winning a ton of money from my own knowledge? Of course not. That's not how gambling works. Spreads are very difficult. But now what I do through GTP picks, I've been betting on things I literally know nothing about, and I am crushing the game. I'm winning on college basketball. I don't even watch college basketball. I don't even watch the games I bet on. I just put the money down. GTP picks gives me my selections, and I win. It's awesome. It's like I'm making money. I don't even have to do anything. How profitable has GTP Picks been? Right now, GTP Picks is offering a limited-time offer to all of the Dirt Balls. For the rest of January, all GTP packages are 25% off. In addition to this discount, every purchase will include their Super Bowl 54 preview and every Super Bowl 54 sports betting recommendation for free. Simply visit gtppicks.com and use promo code DIRTY to unlock this limited time offer. If you like making money while watching sports, investing with GTP Picks is a no-brainer. And guys, uh, I'm going to put down the ad read so that you, you know that this is from me directly. The most fun day of the entire year, maybe besides day one and day two of March Madness, to make sports bets is a Super Bowl. If you're going to make sports bets on the Super Bowl this year, so many props, so many things that you can bet on. Go to GTP Picks, use our promo code DIRTY, and get 25% off. Make Start your 2020 off right with some some wins at the Super Bowl. I love making money. Everybody does. Who doesn't? I'm going to GTP Picks this weekend to make some money because I've got some... <laughs> We got some surgery to pay That's for. That's right. GTP picks twenty five percent off my knee replacement. Uh, all right, Tug. We've got two games this weekend. First one twelve oh five Pacific time Sunday. Titans at Chiefs. Chiefs are favored by seven points. What are your thoughts on the AFC Championship game? Tennessee Titans at Kansas City. Excited about this game. Team that we both thought would be there from the beginning. Versus a team that sort of had a second half turnaround. Twerks with, with wolves. Look at him over there, smiling. You were, you were, you, you. We talked about this. Very impressive. He, he called, he called them the best team in football. He sure did. I remember this. And they, and the Raiders had a chance to beat them. Uh, we're two and four at one point, I believe. And now, um, you know, f- there's a big stat out there by the analytics nerds called the DVOA, which basically says, you know, the bet, the team that you know how good you really are. The the Texans were twenty third in the league, not very good. Yeah, Chiefs were th- are third. The Titans are fourth. So, to me, I feel like you have to take the points in this game. I'm probably going to take points from both games just because I feel like I'll explain why in the next game. But I'm a, I'm a Mahomes truther. Love Mahomes. I want to be a Chiefs fa- uh, fan for a long time. Um, I like the way, uh, he obviously like everything he does. I like the way the defense is starting to play. You do have the Andy Reid factor, which is always concerned in big games. Yep. You also have Derrick Henry going for the other side. Game might be slowed down a lot by the Titans. They certainly, the Titans certainly have, um, the blueprint to beat this Chiefs team. And have, and they, have beaten and, them. And they have beaten yep. them. Um, I think even more so... Uh, although they they certainly 
handled their business impeccably against the Ravens, you would think in a way they almost have more of a blueprint to beat this Chiefs team because the the idea of getting into a runoff with the with the Ravens, Ravens led foot the record breaking rushing team this year. You would think that and and sort of in a, in a way a more of an explosive running game with Lamar Jackson. They were never, uh, you know, that was never really a game. The Titans controlled that game out front, um, but the the Chiefs struggle uh, defensively for sure. They've been better late in the year, um, but in, in terms of a strategy, taking the ball out of Mahomes' hands by running the shit out, like only giving him so much time to score a bunch of points is going to be the blueprint to beat a team that is this high powered offensively and uh i still think the chiefs win this game i agree with you like seven is really a tough number because it almost feels like it almost feels like with uh the chiefs a seven point line is a three-point line real real quick can you guys look up um the line of the game that was played in tennessee uh tennessee versus kansas city in the regular season um, because it intrigues me. A tough find. I don't know if it'll be that tough. Um, it might have it uh, on a previous. But anyway, the, the the playoffs started with the Titans being five and a half yeah. point underdogs to the, to the Patriots. Yeah. Ten, ten, ten and a half for the Ravens. They're underdogs, and now they're in the middle somewhere, somewhere in the middle, seven, seven and a half. Yeah. Are we are we also saying that the that the Chiefs are field goal worse than the Ravens coming into this game. I mean, you try to extract value wherever you can. Right. right. Just curious. I mean, I, th- I think I think Vegas is saying we're, we, we we've been wrong on Tennessee. Yeah, we've been wrong on Tennessee, and we're you know we we know what we know about Kansas City, and now we're adjusting this line based on what we're we're learning about Tennessee. But to me, you know, and that's why I'm not even sure I will bet this game with the line. Um, it might be buying points somewhere. It might be I, I might have to look at the over under. I think Kansas City wins, and I think the tough thing for me about this line is, is it you know is this is this a does this game come down to a field goal at the end, or is this you know they just can't keep up with Kansas City and Kansas City ends up winning this game by seventeen points, in in like a seventeen point victory in what is still like a good game. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Where it's anybody's game down the stretch, but there's only so much Derrick Henry can do. It it would be great. I'm like I'm excited for it. I want a good football game. I like you said, we've both been on Kansas City from from day one in this season. Um Andy Reid certainly a factor. Every year when I go to pick my Super Bowl and even when I picked my bracket this year, um the playoff bracket that I did I was like, I like Kansas City, I like Kansas City, I like Kansas City, but I picked Niners over Kansas City because I was just like, I just don't believe Andy Reid can go four weeks without fucking something up. Um, Maybe Mahomes is so good because you feel like there might be some – they got here two years in a row. You, you feel like there might be a little bit of pressure to sort of get over the hump, Andy Reid to get back to a second Super Bowl. Is there some – you know? but is Mahomes so good that he might overcome the sort of – what is what, what might be conservative play calling or some you know some some signs of stress the 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 to get over the hump when you look at this game you know Vrabel being the coach it the i think the closest thing the closest game that this reminds me to is sort of the early 
Patriots Super Bowl versus the Rams. Like the the you know the Chiefs definitely have a greatest show on turf feel to their offense, and the only way that Tennessee like I just I I certainly don't see Tennessee winning this game by ten points or fourteen yeah. points. I think this is a, a you know a field goal win for Tennessee or. They just can't keep up with Kansas City. Patriots are two touchdown dogs in that Super Bowl. Yeah. Crazy number. What you guys got over there? I got the line from that regular season game. Yeah, what is it? It was minus five and a half for the, you the week, same thing? Week, week 10. Aaron had it as well. So, so, my, wow. so, so minus five and a half. Yeah. So, so that, that's, that was in Tennessee. Am I, am I correct? In Tennessee, Titans so that, won by three. Titans won by three. So minus five and a half. So they're saying – if that game were that week were to be played in Kansas City, they'd be eleven and a half point favorite. It's just something to think about. Is whenever you're trying to like yeah. figure out what the scenario is, they're saying they're four points better. Vegas was off by four points when they were evaluating Tennessee. Um, I, I don't know. It, you know, it's it, it, in for the from a rooting sense, it's tough for me too because I have. I have Kansas City. I, I don't think I ever win my bracket either way. I mean, I went Niners, Chiefs. I, I fucked up some early games. Uh, and Is it weighted for, like, Super Bowl winners? It is. Yeah. It is. But, you know, a lot of people have Niners. A lot of people have Niners, Chiefs. I think, you know, uh, not having the Vikings. It's it's gonna. I think it's going to come down to those early games because, yeah. you know, uh, I don't think anybody had Tennessee going this far, so that's kind of a non-factor. But uh, I didn't have – Aaron build. would have had it. Yeah. Could have won the. Could have I had the won bill. It. I had the Bills over the Texans. I had, uh, you know, I had the. I didn't have the Vikings winning a game. So I think you know those early games were what's going to keep me out of it. But from a rooting standpoint, also, I have I have Chiefs as my call early in the year. I don't think anybody that that doesn't live in Tennessee or or Alex from Kentucky had Titans winning the Super Bowl this year. So it's not like I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm rooting for it to prove myself right here. But in a way, it's like, you know, it's nice to have picked the Super Bowl. Uh, but at the same time, kind of rooting for Tennessee. I mean, I'm rooting for a good game, but how much of this, I mean, let me ask you this. Quarterback advantage, we, uh, I think we're giving him a homes. Correct. Uh, running game. These are the important things in this. I think running game, we're giving an advantage to Tennessee. Correct. Defense, we're giving an advantage to Tennessee. Yes. Who are you giving a head coaching advantage in this game? Those are the four things I look at in these football games. It's tough. I would say probably game planning. You still got to go with Andy Reid. But in-game situations, I mean, I don't know. I haven't watched Tennessee closely enough to say definitely Vrabel, but I know not to give it to Andy Reid. Yeah. It's just you know, in all due respect to Andy Reid, who is a great offensive mind, we just not have not seen it yet. So I'll probably gonna say advantage Tennessee until you show me otherwise. Lines up for potentially uh, Tennessee doing it again. Uh, I'm I'm really my rooting interest here is I would love to see a great football game, and I I kind of think we will. Do either of you guys over there think that we're gonna see anyone besides Kansas? Do you think Tennessee wins? Aaron, you gonna ride? You gonna ride them? Okay, well, my preseason Super Bowl pick was Chiefs Saints, so I, I've been high on the Chiefs all year as well. Um, I think you had Raiders eighteen and zero. Uh, yeah, as a side bet, you know. <laughs> um, but no, I've been high on the Chiefs, but I'm sticking with my guns here. Yeah, I'm sticking with the Titans. I, I think, you know, since I first said it, I, I, I think they're great. So uh, while the Chiefs have the firepower, I think the Titans have that blueprint to actually beat them, but it won't be easy. 
Tennessee actually the game was interesting um, in, in Tennessee because Kansas City was winning that game, and then there was a botched field goal, um, and then allowed Tennessee to come back and score and yep. take the lead, and then they had a chance to tie it and send it to overtime, and the field goal was blocked. So yeah. it wasn't like it was pretty. I mean, I think and, it, and also it, Kansas City really. I mean, everybody has been high on Kansas City the whole year. Uh, a lot of people. There was there was some early the first two thirds of the season a lot of question marks. Mahomes is in Mahomes is injured. Uh, he's not playing. He's hobbled when he is back. But they but Kansas City has certainly been a completely different team. You know you want to say the last quarter of the regular season and going into the playoffs. And you know the uh, it I, I feel like if I feel like I'd be way more confident in Tennessee's chances if Kansas City had managed to come back and win that Texans game. You know, thirty-one twenty-four, right? They go, oh, we got down early. We we found our offense. We came, but I mean, they put up fifty-one fucking points. Yeah, they, they, I mean, they scored more points in the you know uh, probably the second and the third quarters combined than Tennessee has scored in the playoffs. To me, the two biggest things to watch out for are I think Tennessee is better than most people think. I think people think Kansas City will do what they did last week. Yeah, and I think Tennessee is better than that. And I, do, and I just get worried about the moments. I get worried about the fact that, you know what? We should be the, we should probably win the Super Bowl. Like, we should be the, we, we might be the favorite to win the Super Bowl now. Yeah. And do, does the pressure get to them? That's my concern. I, I think, uh, I think my concern is, and look, I know they have used him. He, he has done all that he has needed to do. But as the stakes go up and the games, you know, you, you get deeper and deeper into the playoffs. You need your best players to make big plays. And I think, unfortunately, for the Tennessee Titans, sometimes uh, you're, you have a guy who's not one of your best players being in a position where he has to be one of your best. I just don't know if I trust Ryan Tannehill to make a big throw down the stretch. Should they be, you know, should they have to run a two-minute drill to win the game? Like, there's only so much you can ride Derrick Henry. You know, if they get the ball back with a minute and 13 seconds uh, on a touchback and they've got one timeout, is Ryan Tannehill leading you down and, and getting you a field goal or getting you a touchdown to win the game when he has to? He's, we're, we're in back-to-back games where he hasn't thrown for 100 yards. Yeah. I mean, he did do that in the game against Kansas City. He did, get, he did get, you know, give him a scoring chance. Derrick Henry also did break a big run against Kansas City and score two. So how yeah. much is Kansas City going to be – Looking for ways to, to like stop them. Um, I'm excited about the game. I really I didn't know if I'd be that excited about this game, but I think the, the you know the more as Tennessee has continued to improve, I'm pretty pumped. Yeah, about this I, I, honestly, I I think both of these games have have classic championship Sunday potential. Uh, but you're taking you're taking uh, the points. I'm gonna take the points. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Tug Coker. Joe and I were perfect last week in our picks. Um, I'll probably give out a pick. I may, I may change it after doing some more research, so may follow along. I know you had a great parlay. I threw out a couple fun winners. I do say Jim, Jim Nance and Tony Romo are undefeated in Arrowhead uh, with the total going over. Maybe that'll happen again uh, at 2-0. and oh. <laughs> It's a ridiculous day. Game 2, 3.40 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We have the Green Bay Packers at San Francisco Santa Clara 49ers. Spreading this game seven and a half. Uh, but I love when these these and they'll show it on Sunday. They're in Santa Clara, but they always show like 
Golden Gate Bridge, yeah, yeah. Fisherman's Wharf, which is an which hour he, yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, which I mean, he, what are we talking which about? Even when guys? you're in yeah. a candlestick, yeah. Golden Gate Bridge ain't that fucking close. Yeah, I, I was. I mean, I remember they were showing it last week. I was like, guys, don't do this. Yeah, <laughs> it's a different state, basically. Anyway, uh, to me, kind of crazy that this spread is bigger than the than the Tennessee. Uh, Kansas City spread. Now, I know Vegas is considering the fact that potentially there's going to be a lot more throwing the ball in this game than there is in the Kansas City-Tennessee game, just uh, with Tennessee's uh, appearance in that game alone. But seven and a half to me, not that I don't think that the Niners have a chance to cover it, is I think it's a bit disrespectful to the to the Green Bay Packers. Can I ask again for you guys to look up the line from the game? If you don't have it, the Niners uh, Sunday night football game with the Packers. Now, obviously, the Niners destroyed the Packers in that game. Got out of hand really fast. Yeah, like you know, a couple, uh, you know, a rare fumble from Aaron Rodgers. Just some, you know, just the, a not 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 well played. The, game the story that I'm sure we're going to hear a million times between now and uh, the end of the game on Sunday. Aaron Rodgers played a Cal from the area, passed on by. The Niners, they took Alex Smith one overall. Uh, I forget the Alex Smith opened a door for somebody or held a door open or something. So there was some weird thing that Alex Smith did that made. That was the deal sealer? Yeah, that made the Niners fall in love with him. They, they were sure that he was their guy after he, like, I don't know, tip, tipped a waitress extra or some, some nonsensical, like, politeness thing. Um I think that 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 is a storyline that we always hear about Aaron Rodgers whenever the Niners are involved. Um, Let me ask you this. Seven and a half, do you give the Green Bay Packers a solid chance to win this game? Yeah, for sure. And what was the line uh, in the previous game? So the line was uh, San Francisco at minus three. So, I mean, a game that really, like, it it was over pretty early. That game it was just an anomaly game for the Packers. Game was basically a pick'em at minus three, uh, saying they're even on a neutral field, and now they're saying seven and a half. You almost always have to take. I mean, for me, it's like a person who likes value. It's like you almost have to take set with seven and a half. Yeah, got to take seven and a half. Yeah, me. I think I think in this game I am taking the seven and a half. Um, I think you know we talked about it last week. I said this. Uh, in, in our preview of last week's game, I said last week's game for all the talk, everybody wants to tell me how Russell Wilson's the, the, you know, the greatest we've ever seen. And look at what he's doing through his X amount of years. And he's already got a Super Bowl, and he should be in, should have won an MVP. He's got robbed multiple times. I said, okay, win in Lambeau. You win in Lambeau when you don't have the best fucking defense in football. Show me something. He didn't get it done. I will say, and I am an Aaron Rodgers stan, you know. Uh, I, I think Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback I've ever seen play until Patrick Mahomes arrived. Just all the things he could do, his ability to throw on the run, his his ability just, you know, really until Mahomes, we'd never seen somebody that had used the arm angles like Aaron Rodgers using arm angles. Uh, just the, the he had thrown dimes that like we'd liver, literally never seen before. I I know he's had some injuries, but Aaron Rodgers still he has a great Super Bowl run, no doubt about it. He has MVP, but 
there are a lot of people, myself included, that think he should be considered in one of the all-time great quarterbacks. You need a signature win. And I think that this, if, if for, for guys like myself to be right, for Aaron Rodgers slurpers to be, you know, feel like they've been proven right, I think he needs to win this game. Just so the same way I said it about, about Russell last week. If, if there are games in a player's career where, you know, we, we always talk about Jordan 6-0. Jordan, you know, was, he had the one finals that they weren't favored in. That was against the the Lakers, his first one, when you know there's there's a lot of factors in why they you know weren't favored and why maybe they should have been, et cetera, et cetera. But you have to beat teams that you're not supposed to beat. Um, I know everybody wants to fucking kick me up and down the street for my Eli Manning love, but the reason the guy will be in the Hall of Fame is for beating teams he shouldn't have beaten. This, to me, is Aaron Rodgers' moment. I know he's got a Super Bowl. Good for him. But this is he needs, to me, he needs this one to prove the people who say uh, he's already a top five all-time quarterback. I, I think this is the game. And uh, does he do it? I don't know, but I think he needs to. I mean, getting to two Super Bowl, Super Bowl getting wins to two. brings yeah. you to in the next level of quarterback. Yeah. I mean, you can't really – I mean, it was huge for Peyton – you can say whatever you want about his final years. He still got to two. Elway got to two. I think it just elevates you yeah. above. Well, um, that, I mean, that's the thing. When you talk about the, the all-time quarterbacks, I, I always say the, the thing about Elway is Elway got his two late back-to-back, but he played in five? Yeah. Like, there was a time where he was taking teams there, and he was losing to, you know, at the time, the GOAT in, in Joe Montana. I think he lost to them twice. And uh, the Giants once? Redskins, Giants. Did they lose the Redskins once? Yes, they did. Okay. The 42-point quarter with Doug Williams. I remember it well. Um, yeah. But, I, but I, you know, it, it always – Bill Barnwell wrote a great article years ago before Tom Brady won some late, um, late you know, career Super Bowls. Talking about, like, if you were to flip people's career, careers and, like, Tom Brady were winning those Super Bowls early, how you would think about them differently. Yeah. I just always think that's a very interesting – way to think about uh, people's careers like the, the timeline on which yeah you like win. if Elway gets two out of the game early and, and then, then loses, and then through just th- loses yeah. three yeah how, how do we how do we perceive him for yeah. that instead he, he ends his career as you know two-time Super Bowl champion right I think Aaron Rodgers needs this win I think like we talked about in the last podcast like if you need you know if you need one win are you going to put your money on Garoppolo or Aaron Rodgers I feel like Aaron Rodgers is the guy to do it now I do have some concerns because the Niners, excuse me, the Niners have a better pass rush yeah. than the Seahawks do. You're able to get, you know, Aaron Rodgers kind of uncomfortable, which I think is so important. I think they've got to have a better game plan than the Seahawks do yeah. for Devontae Adams. Yep. You know, you got to bracket him or like whatever. If he goes on the left, Sherman's got to do his job. And and that is my and that is why I say about Aaron Rodgers, he this is the game he needs because specifically their pass rush. Okay. I know that the Packers have a decent pass rush, and the Packers got to Russell Wilson last week, and the Packers, you know, sacked Russell Wilson a bunch of times, uh, including in key moments. And it really seemed to me that that was the difference in the game. You know, Aaron Rodgers made just a couple of throws that he needed to win, and the you know Russell Wilson handled the pass rush okay, but certainly I would say 
in in a game between the Packers pass rush and Russell Wilson, Packers pass rush came out on top. The Niners pass rush better. The Niners pass rush going to be there. There are those games where you know it's coming, but I need Aaron Rodgers, whether he gets sacked six times or he doesn't, you need to deliver. You need to uh, you need to put up points, and you need to put up, and you need to move the ball regardless of whether or not they're getting to you. You need to overcome it. If you get sacked on first or second down, I need a third and eighteen conversion. I need a couple of them. Yeah. I, that's what I need to see from Aaron Rodgers in this game, because when you go through it, especially in the playoffs, like we did before, running the ball, defense, coaching, quarterback, in some order, right? I think those are the big four. Yet the Packers have a quarterback advantage. The Niners have a defense advantage. The Niners have a running game advantage. And I think the Niners have a coaching advantage. Hard, you know, LaFleur obviously getting to getting the two seed in year one. Hard to, you know, judge exactly what he is or isn't as a coach. But right now, if I had to give the edge, I'd certainly give it to the Niners. I just think they have a more um, advanced game plan that they're they're doing more interesting things that he turned a team around. That was worse, faster. Um, so, you know, if you look at that, that in the in the Big Four, the only advantage the Packers have a clear um, advantage in is the quarterback. This is what makes this is this is a legacy game, in my opinion. Aaron Rodgers needs to go. Yeah, we're outgunning all these things. It's kind of on me. I don't think. I don't think. Uh, Aaron Rodgers losing this game hurts his legacy, I, and I've always said that. I don't think you um, – I think legacy is something that only kind of builds up, um, but I think that there are a lot of people who hold him at a very high regard, and this is the one that could say, you people were right. Um, I think 7.5 is too big. I think the Niners win the game, but I think Aaron Rodgers needs to. There's like a stat out there that um, in the wild card – you know, there's a there's a betting adage out there for certain games that like when you bet an NFL game, the betting the spread is like irrelevant seventy five percent of the time. Yeah, if you bet on that team to win, they usually win the game. Yeah, this is apparently even bigger in the conference uh, finals that like an eighty eighty some percent clip. If you pick a team to win uh, with the points, they usually win outright. Right. So. I mean, look, I, I would like to – my personal preference, I'd like to see the Niners play the Chiefs in the Super Bowl because I think it makes for the best game. I don't still believe in the complete package of the Packers, but I am scared of Aaron Rodgers. One stat I have – one tug I have comes from Chris Wessling in NFL Research that says teams losing by 20-plus points in the regular season and meeting again in the postseason have lost 13 straight. Who knows? Maybe yeah. this is a, you know, the time to break the streak, but the trend is doesn't look good for the Packers. Again, look for Joe and I on social media as we give out our picks officially on Sunday. But um, what is uh, like? I guess maybe it would be the same question. Most interesting slash Tug's preference. Rank them in order of the four possible matchups here. What 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 do you what? Super Bowl would you most like to see one through four? Well, I think that I said it for, first and foremost is Niners Chiefs because I think those are the two best teams, the most interesting uh, offenses. Uh, you know, with the with Shanahan's sort of run amazing run system, Kittle, 
things like that. I think the NFL probably wants Chiefs Packers because I think they want the two Mahomes Rogers sort of like you know the and, gunslinger passing the torch kind of crazier thing. fan bases. I crazier fa- fan bases. I think they want to have the Packers involved. Um, that's probably be my number two. Um, and then it would be like some version of the Packers versus Titans probably last either way. Yeah. Uh, in my personal opinion. Um, I think all four potential matchups pretty fucking awesome though. I, like, be, I, th- fun. I, I think we've got, I think we've got three weeks of football here that are, are going to be, are, are going to be fun from every standpoint, the games on Sunday, the, the media with any, any version of these, of these four combinations and a Super Bowl. Um, yeah, I, this is another one. It's like, I think I'm, I think I'm rooting for the Packers. I don't know why. Uh, but I think, I think I am. I've, I've, I've got friends who are Niners fans. I was low key, a Niners fan, like growing up, like it was, it was giants first, but, and then they had a couple of NFC championship. Yeah, they games clashed a lot. How could yeah, you, uh, yeah. that's an interesting choice, but, but I just, uh, also was a Notre Dame fan, loved Montana. Yep. Rice, uh, my goat, maybe ever. Like I just loved Jerry Rice as a kid. Uh, I I just thought Montana to Rice was just that. That was the NFL for me growing up. It was just so awesome. And uh, we're even young enough to realize how great Jerry. Rice, I mean, we all realize that Jerry Rice was great, but like even as years go on, and like how much more dominant he is numbers wise than everyone else. Yeah, it, I, don't, it, I don't think people are appreciating that in the moment. It you know <laughs> it was. In high school, when Jerry Rice started to take down major records, and you started going like, "Oh, yeah!" Like I, I remember being a kid and being like Largent holding like, was like the receptions record or was it the yard, yeah, yeah. yards receiving yeah. record, whatever it was, and he takes that down pretty early. Then he's taking down, you know, he's got catches, he's got he's got yards. Then he starts taking down all-time touchdowns. Then he starts taking down. I mean, if you imagine him in the fantasy football era, yeah. I mean, Jerry Rice is the number one pick every year for his entire career. Yeah. I mean, he's that much better numbers-wise than everyone else. So I understand that pa- that love. Uh, yeah, I wore I wore eighty in in, in high school. It was like it's got to be it's got to be fucking eighty um, if you're a receiver. Uh, so I, I I've I've always had a love of the Niners, a low-key love of the Niners. But it, in the end, I still th- I think I'm rooting for the Packers in this game. I, I I feel like I want Aaron Rodgers to prove that he is what everybody kind of I, – I feel like everybody was clearly on the Aaron Rodgers train a couple years ago and with, you know, injuries and sort of uh, missed playoffs, everybody's jumped off. And I think, yeah, the, the marquee, the, the Rodgers-Mahomes Super Bowl – that that sounds real fun to me, and also I think that would be what a Super Bowl three rematch. Yeah, so we all remember that. Yeah, yeah, we all, <laughs> we all remember that. Uh, Tug, I think that's uh, I think that's our episode. Are we going to open up some a few questions? Oh yeah, from the- do, do do we uh, do we get we have any fun stuff? We go to the phones. All right, so I uh, copied down a few comments or questions, I should say, from the comments that I could. Um, first one up, you guys might have already touched on it, is from uh, Cody Spell. What are the chances they vacate the Astros title? I mean, right now I'm hearing not not great. Yeah. Like, not, number, I'm not hearing that's going to happen. I'm, it doesn't mean that we're all crying. We think it should happen. But I think if you're asking in baseball whether or not it's going to happen, 
I don't see that right now. But the buzzer thing, maybe the buzzer thing changes. Opinions. I think everything I know about Major League Baseball, the fact that they handed down uh, penalties, like they're not going to be like, well, now we know more, let's hand down more penalties. They just seem that's that that'd be a, a very un MLB thing to Agreed. do to be like, we've got more information, we should we should change our decision. Um, so I would put the chances at very low. Although I think everybody who's not an Astros fans agrees that it should be. Aaron, is that called double jeopardy? When you when we when you uh you, you, you like great you, Ashley Judd film yeah when you weigh in you make a decision on something you can't you can't retry them can't you yeah, can't you, be tried can't, twice for the same yeah you can't be tried for the same yeah. crime twice it doesn't necessarily apply to this situation but I'm saying but this is this is baseball concept, double jeopardy conceptually though yeah it, it would uh, that's the way baseball is going to view it I think we've already addressed this we're moving on is sort of my feeling as a, as a nod to double jeopardy we'll get Ashley Judd cast as like you know Hinch, yeah. Hinch's wife <laughs> she could be Mendoza. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like her as like Hinch's like wet blanket wife. Y'all sure you should be doing this? The buzzers and stuff. I don't no, know. we could flip it, and she sort of be the she makes the idea. Oh, yeah. she has the idea. We empower her, and she becomes the strong wife that says, "Honey, you're not hitting so well." Yeah, I've been thinking about something. I, how come you can't just like know what they're gonna throw? <laughs> like if y'all like like they put the signs down. Like I make some food and I go watch. Like TV I was watching on TV and I was like, "Oh my God, Altuve's pretty good at the curveball. They're gonna throw him a curveball here." I saw. Him. I was like, "What if there was a way that Altuve could know that they were gonna throw him a curveball?" Like when I'm finished ma- making dinner, I hear the buzzer ring. Yeah, and I go and get it. Yeah. And, and Hinch is like, like, "Just make dinner," and then he's like, <laughs> "Yeah, exactly." <laughs> it's a usual suspects ending. He starts to see the chicken. The buzzer goes off. The wire. Oh man, We're, this movie is gonna be incredible. It's gonna be great. What else you got, Aaron? Next question is from Logan Stannis. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on the Aaron Hernandez documentary? Uh, on it briefly. Yeah, it's so I it came on as a, I watched Unbelievable on Netflix. Have you seen that? Yeah, no, I'm not, but it, I heard it's good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty, pretty solid. Um, is you know another sort of based on true events rape documentary or not documentary oh. show and uh immediately on an ending it rolled into you know netflix likes to go next episode it went uh watch the trailer for aaron hernandez and i was like oh you know like they're they're pushing this on i saw it's three hour long parts and uh i haven't watched any of it yet i did watch the preview um it's definitely there's a lot there which I think anybody that was following the story all along, I mean, uh, there's uh, a gay storyline. You know, was he gay? Uh, abusive father. Um, there's some clips of him, you know, maybe on a phone from jail yelling at his mom about how she, she raised him. Um, there's Urban Meyer uh, making an appearance. I'm not sure if he's it's... Blaming, he's blaming his actions on his mom's upbringing? He, he, he's, or... Yeah, he's... he's you know, he, yeah, there's one quote in the trailer where he's like, what did you think I was going to turn out to be an altar boy? You know, mm-hmm. like uh, or something along those lines where he was like, you weren't around or some shit like that. Remember, so remember that great just say no to drugs from like the 80s, early 90s. Yeah. You, why are you doing this? You all right. Yeah. I watched it from watching. You, I learned it from, from watching, watching you. you. <laughs> yeah. That's this. Yeah. Aaron Hernandez. Um, so I'm very intrigued. It might be. I mean, I might watch the three parts today. I'm demanding that when Andy comes back, you live can get tweets, together yeah. and do some sort of live tweeting, some some sort of after the game, after Thrones, you know, version of this documentary. 
Yeah, it's it's the dirtballs need it. It's pretty much this is it's a, this is all, it's a documentary. Know, Savage of the Year Award yeah. named after this person. In, until they do a uh, a doc a three part Netflix documentary on Jameis Winston, I think this is this is, this is this is as close to up our alley as we can get. Twerks, you got anything else? Yeah. So from Ryan Clant, uh, Clatt, who is more overrated for their respective sport, Jeter or Kobe? Mm, this, this. this is this is tough. Uh, so here's my opinion. I think Kobe. I, first of all, and this is important. Both these guys, sure thing, Hall of Famers. Both these guys, in some regard, greatest. You know, could be considered in some sort of greatest players list. Kobe Bryant, in my opinion, is a top twenty-five all-time NBA player. Um, I think the people who need to really fix their lives is anybody that considers Kobe, you know, a top five NBA player. Uh, anybody that considers Kobe better than LeBron James. Anybody that thinks Kobe was more valuable to those teams than Shaquille O'Neal. Um, I think there are a lot of guys in the league who, um, be- because of their lack of points scored in their career, championships, all that. Like, there are, I think there's a lot of players, and I've said this before, how many rings does, you know, do those Lakers win if you, if you just switch out Tracy McGrady with Kobe straight up? Um, and, and I don't believe Tracy McGrady is a top 25 player of all time. I, I believe Kobe Bryant had a better NBA career, but at the same time, you're judged a lot on team success and you're judged a lot by, you know, Kobe was able to score a shit ton of points because the whole team was focused on Shaquille O'Neal. Um, that being said, Kobe Bryant is a top 25 player of all time. Derek Jeter is nowhere near a top 25 player in the history of baseball. It's ludicrous. Um, the idea that Derek Jeter is going to be a unanimous Hall of Famer. Again, Derek Jeter is a Hall of Famer. Um, Kobe Bryant won an MVP, maybe didn't deserve it. Derek Jeter never won an MVP. Derek Jeter never won a batting title. I'm sure Kobe Bryant has a scoring title in there at, at some point. Uh, Kobe Bryant, I think a bit of an overrated defender, but a good defender. If not a great defender, I don't think he was ever an All NBA defender, despite what you know accolades he may have gotten. Derek Jeter, horrific defender. There was one point where I think it was the Bill James uh, deep dive defensive stats where Derek Jeter had five of the worst of five of the six worst defensive seasons at shortstop in the history of baseball. So uh, Derek Jeter is far more overrated than Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, an excellent NBA player. Derek Jeter, an excellent baseball player. One of them is an all-timer and grossly overrated still. One of them is not, you know. I'm not sure Derek Jeter is a top six shortstop. That was a really good question. I think I, th- I, agree. I would have to agree with you. I mean, uh, Derek Jeter lives his career off of uh, just like, Good m- moments. I mean, and yeah. good teams. Like he yeah. was a part of great teams. Good, co- good captain, and he's just like you're able to distill his career into these like incredible moments, which is the which is Mr. The, November, the ball flip, yeah, the the going in the stands, <laughs> yeah. the three thousand hit homer, like, and just, it's funny because like the ball flip, he was fucking safe going to the stands. He had forty yards to stop running. Yeah, I mean, 
But I mean, it's just the way it was. Just the way he. I mean, it's just and, and being in New York, like it was just a perfect storm of things. The, you know, at, look as a Mets fan, it's like, of course, you know, I look at the all the shortstops who played while Derek Jeter was playing shortstop for the Yankees. I was like, I, I would love to have Derek Jeter have been the shortstop of the New York Mets. But had Derek Jeter been the shortstop of the New York Mets, no one's talking about him right now because he doesn't have rings. He doesn't have the potential to come up in the clutch. He's just a beyond bad defensive shortstop and a guy who fucking, you know, stockpiles a, a ton of singles in his career. And and honestly, when you look at Derek, like if Derek Jeter was the Mets shortstop, I'm not sure Derek Jeter gets the 3,000 hits because I'm not sure he's protected in the lineup the way he was protected in the Yankees lineup. You, baseball is so much more of a long-term chemistry game where, like, pencil guy in who's going to be in there every day. Everybody likes him. He's a captain. You you can't really put a value on that. But then at the same time, there's war. You can put a value on it. Like, That's true. Um, and, and one basketball player in a starting lineup is so much more important than any one player in a baseball lineup. So... Yeah, I think it's I think it's hands down Derek Jeter's more overrated. If Kobe comes back for one game, do we do the Kobe hydrocodone shot challenge? I I I couldn't be more <laughs> into a plan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I also got uh two last ones. One of them's pretty quick, uh just for Tug, and it's from uh it's from Mitch. Tug, did you know that Rod Laver Laver Arena? Laver. Laver, yeah. Rod Laver Arena is located just off of Batman Avenue. No, I had no clue. I don't know what either of those things mean, but I figured out. Well, Rod Laver is one of the great tennis players of all time. I think he won the, the all four majors twice in a row. Uh, you know, like guys like McEnroe and second Borg, Second on the GOAT Adidas list, shoe list to Stan Stanley. Smith. Yeah. Um, he, he he loves Federer, so I love Rod Laver for that. Every time Federer's in a big match, Laver's probably there. But um, no, I didn't know that. And is Batman out? Is that like Batman the superhero? I, mean, I have to assume. Yeah, I don't know. I, know why, if, I don't know. I why, didn't know if Batman was a tennis. I don't know why Melbourne Melbourne is adopted Batman, but um, that's a did you know? That deserves a wow. I think I can't remember who used to say that, but barring that catchphrase, wow, Owen Wilson. <laughs> oh yeah, that deserves Owen a wow. Wilson. Wow. <laughs> All right, and our last one is uh, from Stanga, and the the uh, uh, I will announce this right now. These questions come back to back from first the next Hall of Famer in Dirt Ball Hall of Fame, Maniacal Mitch. I'm making it official. Wow. We will have an right announcement. Here. We will have an announcement. We have have an official official announcement soon. We will raise. His, uh, I don't know. What color uh, jackets do these guys we'll, get? We'll raise his lower lip ring to the <laughs> rafters. Uh, we will, we will tattoo the the studio with uh, the next Dirtball Hall of Famer and the lone Dirtball Hall of Famer, Jesse Stango, with the follow up question. All right, Stango's question is, I guess, a little more philosophical. It's, uh, what is it okay to cheat at in life? You know, cheat at sports. Your girlfriend. What? Cheat at schoolwork. Yeah. Cheat on spouse. Cheat on Just taxes. Uh, morally speaking, are these really any different? It seems like cheating is in our nature, and this is, of course, relating back to the Astro cheating. Yeah. So, what is it okay to cheat at in life? I mean, it's it's okay to speed, right? Like, I I feel like there's loose 
rules that are meant to be broken. I feel like you can you can speed and you can jaywalk. I think cheating on your taxes is uh, is completely normal. And uh, you know, if you look at like the the billionaires out there, billionaires don't pay taxes. They should be paying the most. So I think uh, cheating on your taxes is as American as anything. I mean, we're a country because we didn't want to pay fucking taxes. Um, you know, I think cheating on your significant other is uh, not correct. I don't think, especially if you have a wife, children. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think if you love somebody, cheating on them is pretty reckless thing to do. Um, cheating in school, pretty. I mean, I think you know, cheating in school is sort of like cheating in baseball. Like you know, uh, you, you, you share notes with somebody. You know, you uh, you get a paper in college that somebody wrote for the same class, and you change it up a little. Bringing a buzzer that you can tap your answers <laughs> to somebody else in the exam—that's that's punishable cheating, right? Like, uh, I think, yeah, that's where I'm going. How about you, Tug? What? what, yeah, what that's, are a, it's a t- that's a tough question for the last question of the day. I mean, I feel like there's when, when when everyone sort of understands there's like a rule bending, which like the, I'll use the the, the driving yeah. example. Like we kind of it's kind of understood like we're all just trying to move along, and it's no harm's way. The baseball thing to me, it just feels so egregious. It just feels like everyone's trying to get an edge, but you cr- there's a there's a line that's crossed when you're trying to get an edge, and the idea of everyone you know the the buzzer thing just seems ridiculous. It just seems yeah. Like we're playing a different sport now, where it's like we should start announcing what what's this, let's announce what the pitch is, and if you can hit it, great. Yeah. Um, so I can't really say I I I'm all for uh, game theory. I'm as I said before, I game theory. I like when you can find edges. Uh, I don't know people's relationships. I will never speak on someone if relationships like Antonio Brown apparently not in a very healthy relationship. Yeah. <laughs> don't know. Uh, you know, that woman wants to be with someone else, probably justified. I don't know. But I just know, I just know what it's like, uh, what's the famous, um, you, you know this, you're in law school. Um, there's a famous, I want to say Potter Stewart, Supreme Court Justice. I, I don't know if that's the exact one, but he says, I don't know what porn Judge is. Stewart. I don't know what porn is, but I know it when I see it. And that's what it feels like. That's 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 cheating. You don't know what cheating is, but you know it when you see it. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I I go back to the school thing. I feel like cheating in school is something that uh, every every school has. You know, sp- certainly when you're in university, uh, there's a code of conduct, things you shouldn't do, things you you know. But like, you live in a frat house. Some kid took this class last year. He knows, you know, whatever. You get a little a little heads up. Oh yeah. Every year for the last four years, everybody in this house knows the final exam, the the final essays about the War of eighteen twelve. Good heads up. I think that's is that cheating. That's that's like is is cracking what the third base coach is. There's a reason that you give hand signals and you just say everybody close your ears. I'm going to yell bunt or not bunt. You know, uh, we're we're not we're not going on the honor system here. There is a code that you're using to convey signs. The other thing is, you know, breaking into your uh, teacher's office the day before the test, like Watergate, stealing it, you know, yeah. 
uh, writing all down your answers and swapping out. I think there's there's that's a clear difference there in going. I have made active attempts to cheat this test. I think that's where the Astros have done. The Astros have basically, you know, they've they've cheated as much as you can cheat at this. How if you were a baseball team and you wanted to cheat more, what else could you do? Yeah, I don't know. It injure other players like you pay off the pitcher, so they tell yeah, you to yeah. exactly what's going to happen. That you collude with another team. It's probably the, like the final thing. I'll say this, and this is not a proud moment for me, but I remember cheating on a test in fourth grade, and I got caught. And um, evil tug, young evil tug, very evil tug, evil tug. But I, I felt so much pressure. To like have to do well for grades, and that's like the one thing I wanted to try to instill in my kids is like the, to to not look at tests as a, like a way to like get into school or whatever. It's sort of like this, it's just like a referendum on what you know right now. Like same with sports. Like this, this it's everyone. Want, uh, why are they cheating? Right? Because they they either want to be great, immortalized, or they just want to get paid. Right? I, somehow it's just it's it, we've gone too far. Like yeah. we, we need to play the my kids to know like take the test and that's what you know that's yeah. what you know on that day. Like don't be like your dad. Yeah, and do the, and you know whatever it was, it was probably a spelling. T- I don't know what it was like fourth grade, but um, there's so much pressure. These guys feel so much pressure. They feel like they have to cheat the system, and I don't know what is next. It probably is some sort of collusion with another team. We we'll probably, we'll probably revert back to what it was with the White Sox a hundred years ago. Yeah, yeah. This anyway. I, I you know I I just I can't even begin to imagine what we're talking about on Monday or Tuesday's episode yeah. of next week on the show with what comes out uh, about this Astros and and will it start coming out about other teams you know that's that's going to be the real thing is is now that the the cats out of the bag are you know are they going to be like well also this team was doing this you know like a lot of the 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 thing about the Astros is they've been a pretty solid a lot, they're very much built through their farm system. So a lot of guys have been there and only there, certainly of their core. But uh, like this, this happened because a guy left and became a whistleblower. It'd be interesting to see if any, you know, just like steroids, if just the wheels come off and people start going, well, the, if we're punishing them, these guys were doing this and these guys were doing this. So uh, I really looked at the Lance Armstrong stuff where, uh, you know, he tries to bring people in. And once you bring people in, you can't, it's going to come out. Yeah. Like, unless you can do it by yourself, you start seeing someone else cheat the same way, inject a needle, blah, 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 try to do the blood doping. It's just, it's just there's too many people involved, and all these players are going to go off to a different team. Word's going to spread. It's just, it just feels like an impossible lie. To- and and, and the, the thing that this Astros situation reminds me about the Lance Armstrong thing is Lance Armstrong was suing people who accused him of cheating. Yeah. And, and that was really, I think, if you look back on it, like, the worst part of it is he – he sort of actively ruined some people's lives because they were calling him out. Destroyed them. Yeah. And uh, A.J. Hinch, the way he handled people accusing them of cheating when they were, it's like, dude, you could have just been like, you know, we're not talking about this. We're just not, like, I'm not going to dignify that with an answer instead of being like, this is a joke and what about that? Like, that's where this really turns into a fucking gross situation. So. By all accounts, they say he's well liked within baseball. Yeah. He's going to serve a suspension and then be on a new team. Yeah. In the next year. Or so. 
I, I just want to take this opportunity. I, I feel a lot better. I've been holding that uh, fourth grade, I think, spelling <laughs> test thing in my chest for, oh, you know, 30 years. It's good to be out. Sorry. I, I had a moment. And now you can, you can, the, the, I can be free. Na- there's, there's pre this. Uh, yeah, I had yeah, a weak I, moment, and now I use this Astros, you know, scandal as an opportunity to come clean. And how are you at spelling these days? Doug? I'm still terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Tug, where can everybody find him? What should they be looking for? Yeah, Tug Coker on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you know, I got this show worked on for ABC coming out next month, so check me out on uh, Instagram for some pictures of some ridiculous outfits I put on. We still can't know what it is though yet. No, I don't. I feel like I shouldn't be saying that. It's not my. I don't. I don't. But it's gonna be on proper ABC. Proper ABC. Uh, you know, Nick's in town. We've been shooting some videos, having some yeah, fun I've with heard that. Yeah, you guys have been, you know. Collecting some content for Collecting you. Some content. Will this all be on tugcoker.com? It'll be on Tug Well, it should be on the Instagram uh, and Twitter, but I'm excited to get some stuff involved with Dirty Sports now with you, Andy, and Aaron, everybody else. So, uh, anyway, check me out on social media. Aaron. You guys can follow me on Twitter at DS Interns and Instagram at Aaron Maharis. Also, uh, Joe, some breaking news. There was an avalanche in Lake Tahoe. Wow. Today. Today. Several unaccounted for, one dead, one severely injured already. On um, on a ski mountain? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Was it on Heavenly? I'm not exactly sure. It didn't specify. It just said, oh, no, uh, Alpine Meadows wow. Ski Resort. Wow. Wild. I was not on Alpine Meadows, but uh, I hope everybody's safe. Uh, I was talking to uh, somebody who is formerly a ski patrol at Heavenly and said that, uh, avalanches happen on mountains, uh, on ski mountains more often than you, than, than are publicized and that, uh, you know, this sort of only happens in backcountry thing isn't necessarily true. So I guess I, I, it, it's, it's one of those things, you know, you get the story and then it immediately happens like, yeah, okay. That's crazy. I hope everybody's okay. Nick, where can everybody find you? You want to sl- slide, anyway. slide that window closed behind you and then give us your plugs. Oh, geez. Don't lose this opportunity to plug Nick Dale on Twitter. Nick L Dale, the Ales capital, capital I, and then Nick Dale on Madden Mobile. Come run with me. On Madden Mobile? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah I'll dust you. Listen, I went and had lunch with Nick, and I looked at his phone and said, you just won your league. I'm like, what is this world? Yeah. So it's a mobile Madden I'm, league. I'm away from home. I don't have my console right now. It's all about the mobile gaming right now. Find me on Madden Mobile. I'll take you to town. I am at Joe Prano on Instagram. A lot of hot. Brace content going up on Instagram these days. Uh, at Fix Your Life on Twitter, JoePrano.com for shows. Uh, if you are, if you've been to JoePrano.com recently and some shows have disappeared, that is because some shows have been canceled. The uh, trip to Alaska will be postponed. Uh, so to the good people of Anchorage, I will uh, get that rescheduled post-surgery. As of right now, I will still be in Aspen at the end of February. Sadly, I will not be skiing um, or snowboarding in Aspen. I guess I'll be doing more uh, – I guess it'll be – I'll focus more on the comedy and the Hunter Thompson tourism than I will on shredding uh, this trip. But I'll be in Aspen at the end of February for Aspen Laugh Fest. 
Um, and then I will be in Palm Springs. Uh, I'll be there finals weekend of Indian Wells. We got you again. I got, I got. Wow, again. you're sucked in. Fi- finals weekend. I'll be there at Indian Wells, uh, Birmingham, Alabama. For now, if it remains up on the website, it means I'm still coming. If you want to uh, message me, you can do that at Joe Prano on Instagram or at Fix Your Life on Twitter. Um, and just send me a message and go, hey, man, I'm thinking about coming to the show. Is it still happening? It is worth checking in um, in the next couple of weeks as surgery uh, happens to see if I'm going to go where I am scheduled to go. Uh, follow Andy at Andy Ruther on Twitter and Instagram and all social media. Follow at The Dirty Sports on all social media. Rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Use GTP Picks for your picks this weekend and all of our sponsors for all of your sponsorship needs. And if you do that and you send us a screenshot of uh, you using a promo code, using any of our sponsors, or rating, reviewing, and subscribing to this podcast, Andy will send you out some koozies. So shout out to all the dirt balls who have uh, Venmoed me, uh, the knee fund. Uh, it actually did feel kind of fantastic the other day to hand over my black Venmo card and uh, pay for um, an MRI. And and literally, I literally said out out loud, "Thanks, dirt balls, dirt balls, dirt balls." Direct, like I literally use dirt ball funds to swipe for an MRI on this knee. Um, so thank you uh, to all donations that have come in for the knee fund. Shout out to all the dirt balls who have supported Andy. I know a bunch of uh, dirt balls got together and sent some flowers, sent a uh, sandwich tray That's to awesome. the Ruthers. So dirt balls, we uh, you know we appreciate that all that you guys do to help the show move along. We got two dirt balls in here. You know sometimes you forget these guys are just dirt balls. Who wanted to do do work? So we appreciate all uh, that you guys do for the show. Uh, special shout out to CT, our boy up in Seattle, top ranked dirt ball. He uh, he sent us some fun uh, major league, uh, the movie uh, swag. He sent me a short sleeve button down with the tomahawk screaming baseball, and I uh, sent Andy, I, I believe, a t shirt. So shout out to CT and all his help with uh, rental cars. Uh, we always get. Um, and, uh, that's it for the show. You guys, we will be back, uh, Monday or potentially Tuesday. Andy returns on Tuesday. The, the, the man himself returns. So it'll either be me and tug on Monday or, uh, Andy and one of us on Tuesday, but, uh, things will get back to, to a more normal schedule next week. Tug, thank you as always for being here. Of course. Twerks, Nick. Thank you guys and everybody out there, including the three of you. Stay dirty.